Blog Talk Radio. song you just heard is my song goodbye off of my debut album leave it all behind which you can find on itunes by searching carrie edelman 
So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. I actually am doing two shows this week. We had uh, the heavy metal band Voodoo Terror Tribe on last night, and it was an awesome interview. So if you didn't get a chance to check it out, please check out the podcast, which is now available for them. Same thing with my interview tonight. It's going to be an awesome interview. I am so excited about this interview because Dave McGrogan encompasses a lot of things in my life personally that I've done, and I'm only hoping that one day I can become uh, who he is. So we're going to bring him on in a moment. I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about my show, and then I'm going to give people some background information on the entrepreneur and restaurateur, Dave McGrogan. So before I bring him on, for anyone who is new tonight and just tuning into the show, we are going into the 28th episode, I believe it is tonight. It's around about that. Uh, the show's uh, launched shortly, I guess it was around April I launched the show, and the concept was I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and I work as a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist, and one of the things I've always enjoyed doing was interviewing people. And then on the side, my other, I like to say, career that I don't really get paid for, but I totally enjoy doing it, is um, working as a singer-songwriter. I also write for some entertainment magazines where I combine my psychology background along with my background in the entertainment industry, uh, coupled with marketing and advertising. And the concept was really to start a show where I could uh, support and promote all the guests because I personally know how difficult it is when you are out there uh, doing the grunt work and trying to get yourself uh, into the challenging uh, entertainment industry, as we all know how difficult it is. Um, so the concept of the show was to really bring the guests on, support them, and get their names out there to the masses. Again, my guests vary. I have some people on this show that are you know, very well-established and very well-known, and I'm hoping that my other guests can learn from these people, so I bring everyone and anyone on this show to help them out. So on this show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, as well as learn what it's like to be in their profession. And I kindly ask that even though I am a clinical psychologist, um, if we do throw around any psychological terms or concepts, then we definitely will tonight because a lot of this stuff, um, we're going to talk about so many different things with Dave, but one thing in particular is going to be his book. And he definitely uses a lot of different um, terms in this book, which I feel have a lot of crossover in the world of psychology. So again, we're probably going to talk about these, but it's not going to be in the sense to provide any type of formal treatment or therapy so just keep in mind that that is not the uh, concept of this show. And also, I do want people to feel free to talk about any of their experiences, um, whether it's intriguing, controversial stories, but please keep any names or specific organizations anonymous because the goal of the show, again, is not meant to embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're just tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can join us in the chat room. Again, I'm a, I'm a one-person show here. I manage everything on my own, so I will do my best to be in the chat room and take any questions that people have. But you can also call into the show and ask Dave questions by dialing 805-243-1320. So enough of me uh, babbling on. Let's get to talking about who Dave McGrogan is. So Dave McGrogan is an entrepreneur, a restaurateur. He is an accomplished author. He has a book out right now called Do It Rhino Style, and it's McGrogan's Method to Rapid Goal Achievement. He's also a motivational speaker, and he also runs the Dave McGrogan Group, and you can check them out at davemcgrogan.com. He's going to tell us a lot about himself, but to give people some highlights and some bullets on Dave, 
he um, is involved, as we know, in the restaurant industry. But prior to getting into that, he completed his pre-medicine studies at Westchester University, and he is um, he has a doctorate as a chiropractor. He built two of the most successful, largest family practices in the Delaware County, PA, where he was treating over 800 patients a week. And although his business was very successful, he'll talk about this, he uh, always had a passion for the restaurant industry. And this led to him eventually making a very bold decision to move forward and uh, move away from uh, chiropractic and move into his work now that he does, where he uh, runs the Dave McGrogan Group and has launched numerous restaurants, so we'll talk about those in a moment. I'm not going to go into every single restaurant that he's launched. And some other highlights about Dave is that he was also recognized by the Philadelphia Business Journal as one of the region's 40 under 40 in 2007. Ernest, uh, sorry, not Ernest, Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist um, and also recognized by the Chester County Chamber of Business and Industry as his 2007 Entrepreneur of the Year. So we'll talk much more about other stuff. I do want to also plug real quick Meredith Trotter, who is the publicist for Dave McGrogan, as well as many other guests that have been on my show, and she's just been wonderful to work with. So if anyone is looking for um, a publicist or a public relations group, please check out Pulse Public Relations. That's Pulse, P-U-L-S-E, Public Relations, and you can find her. She's on Facebook, and if you type in Pulse Public Relations, you'll find more information about um, her company. So let's bring Dave on the air now. Okay, Dave, you are now on the air. How are okay. you doing? Good, Carrie. I apologize if you hear some background noise. I'm actually uh, I'm in Tampa uh, working on okay. site, so I'll, uh, I'm trying to uh, find the quietest <laughs> corner, but if anybody's a, a fan of Tampa, I'm actually at Burns Steakhouse, which is uh, the best steakhouse in Tampa, and uh, I'm a vegetarian right. at a steakhouse, but other than that, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm cool. finding a little corner outside to try to talk, so if you guys are okay with that, um, you know, that this is the life fine. of an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I Absolutely. I left the Pennsylvania Definitely. earthquake to go to the uh to go to the uh hurricane in Florida. So, you know. But going from well, one to ten, on. I really, really appreciate it. That's right. Absolutely. Definitely. Don't worry about it. We had a musician on last night. He was in Times Square in New York City, so believe me, we, we deal with everything and I know exactly what you mean. So don't worry about it. We will muddle through it and we're gonna have an awesome interview with you. Well, great. Thank you. Okay. So, um, again, I don't even know where to begin with you, Dave. I'm just, I'm totally just fascinated, um, intrigued. Um, You remind me a lot of myself as I'm involved in so many different things too, but not at the point where I am a millionaire. So (laughs) props to you. And, uh, but I do want to focus on just, I guess let's start by talking a little bit about just growing up, like what you were like as a person. I'm just curious to know, you know, kind of you as a child growing up, getting involved, and then we're going to kind of lead into kind of your story of where you are today. Well, you know, I, it's funny that you mentioned this because I actually was just moving into a new home, and, and uh, in all the boxes of things that I had, there was a lot of memories that my mom had saved. Uh, my mom had passed away okay. about a decade ago, but my mom had a lot Aww. of memories that she saved. And there was a letter I wrote to my mom in 1987, so I was 15 uh, 14 or 15, I was in high school, 
and I wrote my mom this quick letter about being positive. She was going through a tough time. My mom was a single mom, and, you know, she was going through a difficult time. So I wrote her this letter about how how much her life had improved over the past five years and how much she had done for her kids and that she just needed to be happy and look towards the future and be positive. And it's really funny because mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from, that, but that is a mentality I've always had, you know, throughout my That's life. awesome. And, uh, I mean, and uh, I, I, I just always use it in business. I use it in everything in life. And now it's sort of evolved, but it's, it's, it's one, how I run things. And then, two, you find out how small this world is, and you find there's a lot of other people that think that way as well. Yeah, yeah, it, there is. I agree with you. I think – but it's hard to find those people. I mean, you find them here and there. But, you know, initially when I, especially in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of just, you know, not really positive thinking because it's just such a difficult and challenging field to get into. So a lot of people kind of have uh-huh. a chip on their shoulder. But I agree with you, Dave. I mean, just to digress for one second, I mean, any little thing that I accomplish, whether it's getting a song on an Internet radio station, I see that as a success, whereas some other people have said to me, no, it's not. You know, you're not on Sirius Satellite Radio or you're not on some major station. And I'm like, but but it's an accomplishment. It's something that, like you would say, Dave, you were proactive, you were a rhino, you move forward, you accomplished it, and you just continue to kind of trudge forward until hopefully maybe you do get to that point where you're on the big station. You know what I mean? So well, I, I agree I, with you. I, go ahead. I, I absolutely, and I, and I think what's what's really important, if somebody was to say, you know, how have you gotten to where you've gotten in your life? I've always believed that attitude is the number one key of success. And when you read a lot of different success books, the, the, the great success books always talk about how important the attitude is. And, and mm-hmm. attitude combined with persistence is how people get anywhere in life. Because you know what? Every entrepreneur I know, and I know all kinds of different entrepreneurs, and every one of them was on the verge of bankruptcy several times in their life. Some of them did go bankrupt, and they wow. got back up, and they charged. And and people don't realize that, that to, to, to get up and try to build something great, you're probably going to fail. And if you're really trying to build something big, you're probably going to fail and maybe lose a home, <laughs> lose some important things to you. But if if you continue to move forward and you learn and you adapt, and, and you know, I was at a restaurant seminar in Chicago uh, two weeks ago, and, and I was you know, really, it was a quite a great experience for me. I spent some time with the founders of Outback, the founders of Texas Roadhouse, right. and, and every one of these guys talked about how they were on the verge of bankruptcy just one, two, or three wow. years before they were worth forty, fifty, a hundred million dollars. I mean, Outback was worth two, three billion dollars at one point. And, wow. and people don't realize that. They, sometimes, one, you have to bet a lot, and then two, you have to keep that attitude though. That during the adversities you'll you'll persevere. I mean, we we did that with our Kildare's brand. We've you know we've opened as many mm-hmm. as ten units and we've closed as many as five um, because right. we had to figure out what the right. model was. You know, and and I, I get right, up and exactly. I hear the, the speak that I hear the CEO of Texas Roadhouse talk about out of the first five restaurants he opened, he had to close three of them. There's now 340 wow. of them across the country, and the co- and the company's worth a billion dollars. I mean, I'm sure he felt like a failure, right? I'm sure he felt like sure. he had the worst restaurant in the world, right? And and so all throughout life, what I've able been able to do is, one, be persistent, even when the world's against you. Uh, whenever you're mm-hmm. successful, there are going to be people that want to bring you down, that want to talk negative, yeah. that want to spread mm-hmm. rumors, that want to do things. And I've gone through all of that. You don't know how many times I've been at a restaurant and people have called me and been like, oh, I heard your restaurant's closing, or I heard this is happening, or that's happening. You know, or I heard this is going on, and it's all hearsay, and it's all just rumors. you got to be able to just withstand that and realize that most people are so involved in their own lives, they don't really care about your lives. They may have heard right, this or right. heard that, but... At, at the end of the day, exactly. your life is your life, and you have to do what makes you happy. And then 
having that positive attitude is why you're always willing to find find the next adventure. Um, I'm in Florida right now, and I'm I'm looking at two spots in Tampa for two different restaurant concepts. And while I'm here, I'm looking at eight other spots across the state of Florida in in a three-day trip. And, you know, some of these are with landlords that we actually had deals go bad with two or three years ago. We were able to maintain the relationship. We were able to stay positive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people realize that one bad restaurant doesn't make a bad company, you know, or one thing that doesn't work. So you get back up and you you go again. And, And the other key to remember is all the people that look like winners have had a lot of losses. A lot of losses. Let's, and I think that's interesting. Life. And I hold on one second. We do have someone actually calling in, but let's um, eight oh four. Just hold on for a second. I just want to continue with the interview, and we'll bring you on in a moment to ask Dave a question. But I think Dave, that's a couple of really good points that you bring up. I think one, you know, even me when I was reading your Do It Rhino style book, I mean, I loved it. I'm reading everything about you, and just kind of just hearing your name and looking at your website, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's just such a huge success, and everything's went right for him. You know what I mean? You just get that picture in your head but then when I started reading your book and I saw you talking about you know failing forward and learning from your experiences and that you did have to close a couple of restaurants I was like you know what this is a real guy that has had many experiences some of them weren't the greatest and like you said you continue to charge you continue to persevere and I think that is like you said a a key concept coupled with the positive attitude Absolutely, and, and, and you can never believe you, – you, you actually – one of my investors, it was really funny. He started investing in my company in 2004, and he's still with me today. One of, he, I remember when he talked to me in 2004, and everything I touched at that stage was gold, right? Every restaurant I opened was awesome and did awesome and just right. kept expanding and expanding. And he's like, have you failed yet? And I'm like, well, I've had some minor failures in my life, but I haven't had anything big. He goes, the true test of you as the success is what happens when you fail. You know, and what happens right. when you open a $3 million restaurant and you've leveraged your homes and your stuff and everything, and that $3 million restaurant fails? Do you get back up? Right. Or do you cry and you complain and you blame the world? Do you get back up? And that that's exactly. a real key to success for people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that you say that, too, because I think personally me, I mean, growing up, I always had people saying, you know, you can't do this and you'll never get your doctorate and you'll never. And I was always the person like, yeah, right, I'm going to show you. I mean, I was the only girl surfing and competing years ago before surfing became, you know, a big sport today. You know, with the doctorate thing, I just persevered. I went straight through school, you know, got my clinical psychology, got licensed. And to be honest, Dave, working in prison, I mean, that's what I do full time, um, I think that. It's changed me in some good ways. It's changed me in some bad ways. It's definitely made me more assertive. It's definitely made me think on my feet because you never know when, you know, there's going to be an explosion and you've got to creatively come up with a solution. So I agree with you. I think there's so many things that are transferable from what I've learned and what you're currently doing today. Um, So, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. No, I absolutely agree with all that. And, you know, I I think when people say, you know, what – how, how can I be successful and how can I do these things? You've you got to be willing to take risks and you've got to be willing not to be so hard on yourself it, when things don't go right because they don't. I mean, major companies make huge mistakes. I mean, one of the sites, we just opened a restaurant in Ohio basically yesterday. We just took over a space for my Kildare's brand in Columbus, Ohio, and the guys before okay. us failed miserably. And the reason they failed miserably is because their customer service was horrible, their managers were horrible. But these operators mm-hmm. have 15 other successful restaurants in the United States. So because that one right. restaurant didn't work for them doesn't mean their entire company is a failure. It means that that right. particular unit they just couldn't save, and we were able to go in there and for pennies on the dollar take over an operation. 
which then makes it a better place for us because we've invested less in the structure, the overhead, the whole bit, and that will make right. us a bigger success in the future. But we're still going to have losses in the future. We're going to have stuff we open that's supposed to be great, and then this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and that's that's part mm-hmm. of the game. Absolutely. Well, why don't we let's do this? Let's take this caller, and then let's continue with. Um, I want to go into kind of your chiropractic businesses and how you decided to take that risk and move on. So I definitely want to get into all that stuff too. All right. So you got let's it. take eight okay eight oh four. You are now on the air with Dave McGrogan. Hi. Good evening. Um, my name is Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia. And okay. I've sort of driven a lot, lot of things and came across your show. And I'm actually looking to bring spirituality into global economics. And I'm wondering if uh, your guest has ever considered any of that in his operations. Okay, Dave. Um, I'm not sure, but <laughs> you can answer. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's a good question. I, I, I guess I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, – you know what? A lot of people have read my book, and they've, they've emailed me and said, thank you for making a success book that wasn't necessarily Christian or it wasn't necessarily this religion or yeah. that religion, that you just acknowledge something. And I think that, that, that I grew up on the – on the fringe of Catholicism, on the fringe of being Methodist and different things. And, and, and the world life view I encountered is, is sort of, I don't know. <laughs> and that um, <laughs> rather than absorb one religion, I'm going to learn about um, as much as possible about them. And, and I guess when you look at spirit, spirituality from, from a chiropractic point of view, which I've taken with me is, is that there, you know, there's a presence of a universal intelligence. And, and, and what I look at is that there's a system of this universe, there's order, there's things, and when you get in tune with that, that things all work better and function better. That there is there is a, a a force in the universe, and when you work with that force, things are much better in your entire life. And I and I believe that does relate back to doing good things and being a good person. And and, and you know our our company motto is give, love, serve. And our philosophy is the more that we give, the more that we love, the more that we serve, the more we'll be paid back in the future for everything I agree. that we do. And, then and I, I would love to interact with you, and I come from a background in the food service industry. I don't know if you've ever heard of the name Charleston. Charleston. What was it? Uh, Charleston, T-R-A-U-L-S-E-N, refrigerators. Uh, I have not. I have not. All right. They're like your Cadillac commercial refrigerators. Hobart currently owns the company. That was my father's company. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. I normally don't let okay. my chefs buy the Cadillac of equipment because they beat it up anyway. See? <laughs> well, this, uh, usually yeah. you can't destroy them. That's why you spend a couple of extra bucks so you don't have to replace parts. That's right. That's right. But now, you know, I, okay. I think for, for okay. me, for me, spirituality and success, how they've always worked is um, I've tried to give a lot of people opportunities within our company to move up and do the right things for people. And, you know, we've had some tragedies that have hit our, our companies with people dying or their kids or their families or, you know, all kinds of things. And we always try to be there uh, for them and support the people. We've set up scholarship for kids, for people that have lost their parents in our company. And, and, and we try to be a good company. And what, what I really try to do as well is be a company where people can come in and sort of be set free to succeed. And that's good and that's bad because sometimes people rise to failure in our company and they end up falling on their face. But other people get to use their creative talents, and, and I, I, I've always said I try to find really good people that know what to do and leave them alone. Now, of course, I'm the owner of the company, so I have to step in. But I try to, I try to find good, talented people 
match up all these different talented people and have a synergistic relationship with them so they're not stepping on each other's toes. But then I try to let them do their jobs, you know, and that's I try awesome. to manage I like that, Dave. it. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. And it work. I'm a little bit ahead of the technology, so I'd love to speak with you some more off air uh, if the host could give you my phone number because it's unlisted. You, you certainly well, can. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, is there a way, Dave, you can contact you through Dave McGrogan yeah. group? Yep. It's, uh, oh, it's, yeah, uh, just, yeah, you have a phone number on the uh, group there? Because I don't use email. Yeah, there's uh, just uh, call 610. That's all right. I'll, I'll get it from the site. I'll look up the site. Yeah, you you can okay. see it on there. You, my, my corporate office is in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and uh, right. you just asked for my assist, uh, My assistant's name is Sarah. So okay. if, you, if you call the – yeah, corporate office in Westchester, and ask for Sarah, and she'll connect us. Okay. Wonderful. And all right, uh, thank God you so much for calling in. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good night. Bye. Okay, there, Dave. Yep, I'm here. Okay. All right. I want to make sure I hit the right number. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So let's. That was an interesting question. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Hey, but no. You get it. You get it. That's my second spirituality question I've had today, actually. So. Really, interesting. Yeah. And that's a topic I try not to. My uh, my Jewish grandfather always said, Carrie, you don't talk about money, politics, or religion." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, but yeah. that's okay. Yep. I I agree with you. I think. Um, I like reading about that in your book, and I, I feel, again, that that's something that I really try to focus on doing is, like you said, giving back and, and continuing yep. to give back to people and then hopefully in return, you know, sometimes you get something, sometimes you don't. But I've noticed more so than not, I just feel good giving, and, and sometimes you get some good stuff in return. So I think that's it, really it, It's really a cycle. Yeah, it's really a cycle of, of planting positive seeds, and then you constantly mm-hmm. reap those seeds throughout your life. And it's it's planting positive seeds. You reap the rewards of those seeds throughout all types of years and experiences throughout your entire life. And, and that's why you're able to turn around 10 years later and great things happen to you five years later. So I always try to get people to understand that if they just spent their, the next year or two just planting really good seeds and doing some great mm-hmm. things, the great stuff's going to come back to them. And, you know, so I, I guess that's my view of spirituality. <laughs> I like that. And I like that, too, because I do believe in more of that karma type of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of that what comes around yeah. goes around type of uh, concept. Yeah, so, rhinos, um, rhinos don't real rhinos don't do real well with organized uh, structure type stuff like you know dogmatic dogmatic st- set up things. So you know we tend to true. go out on our own. <laughs> that's true. So let's talk a little bit about because I definitely want to you know plug all the different uh, restaurants that you have and your Dave McGrogan Group and your book. So let's talk a little bit about fast forwarding to going into college and you deciding to pursue uh, the field of chiropractic. And uh, talk a little bit about that and your interest in that field. What made you choose that field? Yeah, well, I actually, my mom was a nurse. My sister was a respiratory therapist. And I watched how they okay. were sick all the time, taking taking medications all the time. Um, they weren't really healthy. And whenever I visited my mom at work, I hated the hospital environment. Um, and quite honestly, I just didn't really buy into most of the general practice of medicine regarding health. Not necessarily emergency okay. care or, you know, really, you know, fatal disease care, but you know, if you take a generally healthy person, if you took me and sat me in a hospital bed for 30 days and didn't let me get sun, didn't let me get exercise, didn't feed me good food, woke me up every mm-hmm. night at 3 in the morning to take my temperature, make me hear beeping noises all the time, in 30 days I'd be a sick person. 
I really would. It's, it, right. it's almost like that documentary supersized me, you know, where the, the guy ate all the bad McDonald's and his health just plummeted. So I always had an issue with that, and I always saw my mom's own health problems that were, were covered up or, or, you know, she was allowed to get sick, and then it would be a drug or a surgery. There was no real preventative health care, and that's how I stumbled into chiropractic was I, I wanted to help okay. people. And, and there was, a, you know, a lot of people in my family that were in healthcare, so it was something that I, I sort of understood. And chiropractic, I had an, a, a family practice, a maintenance practice. I sold tons of kids, families. It was all wellness care. And people used okay. me just like they used, just like they would go to yoga, just like they would eat good food, just like, you know, my patients 10 years ago, 15 years ago, were already eating organic food when they could or free range. They were already drinking pure water because they were, they were the people that wanted to maintain health, not fight disease. So my chiropractic mm-hmm. career was really spent educating people about maintaining health. And that chiropractic was just one piece of that. It's not the answer for okay, a disease cool. or an answer for all health problems, but it, it was one portion of it. Just like we all know now that if you exercise, you're going to be healthier. If you take some time to meditate or think you're healthier, you know, if you eat right, you're healthier. Chiropractic was one of the pillars of health. And you know, I built a great practice off it. And, and really what ended up happening, though, is I reached all my goals that I set. And that mm-hmm. I reached my financial goals. I reached my patient volume goals. And I just started to lose my passion for it. And right. I could have easily stayed in a, in, a, in a career that I was making a half a million dollars a year in net income out of and stayed doing that. You know, I was 27, 28 when I started to leave chiropractic. And, uh, wow. you know, a lot of my friends thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. But I reached my goals. <laughs> I, I, I did what I want, and I was starting to get bored. So, so the next issue was um, I wanted to build a company that I could one day take public I wanted to build a company that didn't require me to be there. You know, as a chiropractor, even though I had guys working right. for me, I got right. reimbursed based on my hours more or less. How many patients could I see in an hour? How, you know, what was our volumes? Where mm-hmm. right now, nobody, nobody expects me to be in my restaurant in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You know, nobody expects me to be in my restaurant in Ohio right now. They're not going to walk in and be like, right. oh, Dave's not here? We're, we're leaving. And in chiropractic, <laughs> okay. that was what you dealt with. So. I've always wanted to build a brand that eventually I could take across the country and sell. And, and that's always been a big dream of mine. And that's always something that's that awesome. I strive for. And, and, and I have to tell you, as a rhino, sometimes you have to give up other things. And sometimes you have to make tough choices if your dream's really that important to you. And, um, so you know, Kildare's is gone. Let's talk for one second. So what things would you say that you had to give up or what were some of the hard choices that you had to make to, you know, pursue this, this it, 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 my, my 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 dreams of my careers and my ambitions has definitely hurt relationships uh it's sure. hurt a marriage um it's uh, allowed me to have a different relationship with my kids i'm with my kids a lot but i've also been able to show them like my 17 year old daughter just loves being around me because she believes she can do the things she wants to do in her life you know she's not right. going to choose my 17 year old daughter is not going to choose like okay, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a teaching degree and I'm going to graduate and be a teacher. She's going to end up going on a probably a little bit of a crazy path to find her career path, but she believes she can do anything because she's watched me flip-flop through all these careers and she's watched me build right. businesses and she's watched me, she's heard me on phone calls when I'm finishing $2 million deals and she's also heard me on phone calls when I'm being sued for a half a million dollars. <laughs> so it's like she, she's, heard, she's heard the entrepreneur story and now she's bitten with that bug. So, you know, but... Sure. but I, I would not, if I was 80 years old and retired, which I don't think I've ever retired, I don't want to sit back and say I could have built a big company and I didn't. Oh, I right. gave up when I got the 15 units. It's it's something that's important to me. And, and you know, January 1st, we're starting to franchise the Kildare's brand. 
uh, which we're already up and down the East Coast, but then we'll start franchising, and the company could grow to two, 300 units, uh, which is wow. just one of my brands, awesome. the Irish pub brand. And, and that's a huge goal. And, and at the same time, while you sacrifice, you also provide so much more for your family, for your kids, for your friends. There's so mm-hmm. many things that you get to do and so many life experiences. I mean, I get to travel the world, and most of the time I get paid for it, um, you know, for speaking. Awesome. So I get to take <laughs> – family and friends to places that are just incredible because of the experiences I've had and, and companies hire me to speak and, and do all these kinds of things. And, you know, we get free trips to Disneyland and we get all these things. And so there's things that maybe people have to sacrifice, but there's these great perks when you end up further down the road with it, you know, and, and, and you also have to be adult and speak to your, to your people that are in your life about what is really important to you. I think one of the biggest things I've learned through my thirties is, not trying to conform to what society wants you to conform to, but do what is right. truly right for you and mm-hmm. make that clear and evident. You know, make that very clear and evident to the people that are in your life because it makes it so much easier. So many people walk around and with the is, guilt of trying to conform to what society right. says. You should get married at this age. You should have a house right, in this right, neighborhood. Right. Oh, you I should agree, do this. Oh, my you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally the opposite of all that stuff. But, um, yeah, but so how do you deal with, like, Say, say family and friends kind of don't get what you're doing. You know, they see you, maybe, you know, now you're successful and they can understand it a little better. But what about someone who maybe is kind of getting their feet wet, they're in your shoes, they're, they're trying to launch different things. And like you said, planting the seeds over time. And other people are like, what the heck are you doing? You're not getting anywhere. Like I was giving you the examples before, you know, getting little things here and there, but maybe not reaching that goal of meeting the top-notch stuff. But like you said, it's yep. those little things that eventually are going to feed off of each other. But people are like, you're wasting your time. Why don't you just give up and, you know, Carrie, stay in prison or, you know, so-and-so, you stay doing this. You know what I mean? I just, the, the, how do the, you? One, you have to know it's right in your gut. And you also have to be willing to listen to intelligent people that can give you real Absolutely. advice and say, mm-hmm. and, and there's a difference between your dad who's a plumber giving you financial advice about what mutual fund to buy <laughs> and your dad and he's never bought a mutual fund versus you're trying to expand your company and a guy who's built the same type of company you're building can say, hey, you know what, we tried this and we messed up here and we did this and we did that. You know, I tried to make Kildare's like the next P.F. Chang's. I t- tried to put it in these lifestyle centers and I tried to okay. make it so when you went to a lifestyle center, you would go to a Kildare's pub and it didn't work because p- people want to go to pubs and drink. And they want to have fun and they want to dance and they can't do that and then drive home. So we had to realize that Kildare's had to be in destinations where people could walk. And it took me a lot of lessons. And there were people that told me that along the way and I thought I could break the mold. And then I rapidly realized that I I wasn't going to convert the American palate over to eating Irish food three nights a week, like they might eat Italian or Chinese and all these things. Nobody gets in a car and says, hey, do you guys want Irish, Italian, or Chinese tonight? But they right, say, right. hey, it's Thursday night, let's go have some pints, you know. So right. we, had to, mm-hmm. we had to change the model, but what I had wasn't broken. I was just putting it in the wrong places. And that's right. a lot of times what happens. A lot of times people have a great idea, but they're just trying to go down the wrong path with it. And, and you need to listen to good advice. And the best thing you can ever do is you don't need to duplicate the wheel. Like one of my reasons I'm in Tampa is to meet with the founders of Outback again to talk about my harvest concept because we're about to roll that out. And they yeah, have rolled out. What, what is the harvest concept? Talk about that. Har- harvest, harvest is a fresh seasonal grill. Everything on the menu is under 500 calories. The menu changes every season. We use local farms and local produce whenever possible. 
Um, okay. And uh, it's just a great concept. So it's, there's a concept out there called Seasons 52. It's similar to that, but this is a little bit cleaner, a little bit hipper, and it's on a smaller footprint. So it's more competitive with like a bonefish or a carabas. It's a little bit more in the upscale casual. And it can be okay. placed in the suburbs where Seasons 52 has been placed mostly in big, big demographic centers, large centers okay. like a Cherry Hill, a King of Prussia, an Orlando. They're not going to be in the middle of a nice suburb, okay, where my concept right. fits in a nice inline center. You know, put my, you put my concept where there's a Whole Foods and a Gap and a Banana Republic and that type of center. Sure. But it doesn't have to right. be, it doesn't have to be 10,000 square feet. So it's a great concept. And basically, I wanted to learn from those guys is, hey, how did you get from 10 to 1,200 concepts, 1,200 restaurants in 20 years? I want to hear what you did. <laughs> and <laughs> everybody who wants to be successful in life should do that. They should find a mentor in their field, and they should follow that mentor. When I was a chiropractor, I visited my mentor in chiropractic was a guy who saw 1,500 patients a week. And I always said if I was half as successful as him, I'd be very happy. Well, what did I do? I saw 800 patients a week. Right, right, right. Hey, I was half as successful. I brought my own reality in. But, but the things he taught me, and every time I got stuck in patient volume, like if I was seeing 300 patients a week and I was trying to see 400 and that kind of stuff, I would mm-hmm. call him and I'd say, Joe, this is the problem I'm having. And he'd be like, you need to do this, and you need to switch this, and you're doing too much of this, and stop making appointments. I'm like, well, if I stop making appointments, people won't show up. He goes, stop making appointments. You're conflicting people's lives. You're making it too hard to come in. And then all of a sudden, we just said to people, here's your care plan. Stick to it. We're not going to follow up with you. And our patient volume jumped like 50, 60 visits wow. a week. Why? It was easier to come see me. Where people right. before were like, right. oh, I was supposed to be there at 330 if I'm not there at 3.30, then I guess I can't go at all. When actually we didn't care. Just like, you know, get in, get adjusted. So you learn from these guys on what mistakes they've made in the past and what you can do. So finding a mentor that's done it before you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And that's a big key to success for people. I th- and I agree with you with that, too. And how do you, like, say, you know, I mean, I go out a lot. I network with a lot of different people in the entertainment industry. And, you know, being a psychologist, some people are more approachable than others. Um, some people are willing to want to develop a relationship with you, and, and some people really just, you know, are too involved with themselves and they don't have the time of day. So I guess from your professional experience, how would you recommend people seeking out mentors to find someone that actually, like me personally, I'll take any time I meet a, a kid, you know, a high school kid or a college kid that says, I'm interested in becoming a psychologist. I'll be like, you know what, here's my number. Give me a call sometime if you have some questions. But that's that's how I am as a person. So what would you right. recommend, Dave, to find that type of, like you're saying, that person that has that experience, that seasoned? Um, you know but, what? You need to find a mentor, and it's not always easy, right? And you got to find right. somebody you gel with. You have to find a way to give back to them as well for right. their time, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. if your mentor is a very successful person, sometimes they're very busy, and then, quote, unquote, neglecting you. Is it neglecting you? They're just very busy. Sure. Right? Oh, absolutely. And I always find when you find a mentor, you have handwritten thank you notes. You send them little gifts and things that, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as an example, when I find a good book, I'll send a book that I thought was good to my mentors just with a note saying, hey, I thought you'd like this book. I liked it. Little stuff cool. like that. Now your mentor says, hey, this guy's giving back to me a little bit, you know. And I've had a lot of different right. mentors at different stages in my careers. And some of those mentors become true friends. And some of those yeah. mentors stay more as business associates where they're there to give you advice and they're there to help guide you. And you, you just have to knock on a lot of doors sometimes. But most successful Absolutely. people want to give back. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I mean, that, that's definitely great feedback, definitely. So um, let's talk more about, uh, let's move on to, because we got still so many things. Talk about your company. Talk about the Dave McGrogan Group. Talk about the motivational speaking that you do and the different types of services that you guys offer. Well, the Dave McGrogan Group is basically my management company that oversees all my restaurants. And then, you know, we consult with other people's restaurants. It's it's where my corporate staff is. I have my COO, my CFO. I have, you know, 20 corporate staff. Uh, my speaking company is called Rhino Living, and uh, you can go to rhinoliving.com, and we do free weekly emails. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for the emails there. And, and Rhino Living is really a resource to help train, motivate people, staff, have them set goals. We do goal-setting seminars. We do all kinds of different things designed to help people live more empowered lives and really designed to help them achieve success faster, okay, to right. achieve dramatic success right. faster in life. And if if my biggest thing is if I can get people to understand that there's some basic ways to achieve your goals and more people achieve their goals, then I feel like I've really given back because successful people are successful because they know the basic things and they just keep doing them again and again and again, which is mm-hmm. why you can take a person mm-hmm. who built one successful business, the guy retires, and two years later, what does he do? He builds another successful business. It's all he knows. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and it's it's no different in the music industry, right? You find a great producer, and you can give him any artist, and what does he do? He makes the artist have great hits, right? You know, sure. and, and, mm-hmm. and it's the same exact thing. People understand a formula. So we try to do a lot with people with goal setting. We try to keep them with a positive attitude. And really what we've done is we've created a tribe of rhinos, like-minded people that end up becoming friends, associate, recognize each other. It doesn't matter. You can, you know, if you're in Ireland and, and there's 10 other people on the Rhino email list with you in your town, there's something about you guys where you bond and you connect. You know, you're right. just, you, you, they're the kind of people you want to do business with. And you don't want to do business with negative people, people that aren't good to do business with, people that are um, negative about life. You know, you want to be around people that are positive, uplifting, and especially not jealous. The greatest thing about being a Rhino is, you love to see other people's success because you don't believe that by one person being successful, success has been taken away from another. There's always plenty to go around. Sure. You know, sure. And I agree with you. I think that's that's part of the problem, like you're saying, is that there are a lot of negative people because they're either, you know, jealous, they're envious of you. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of like the the husband who comes home and is angry because he had a bad day at work and ends up kicking the dog and it's really not the dog's fault. You know, so I try to exactly. do a lot of, that type of reframing like you talk about in your book, and we'll definitely get to your book, and cognitive restructuring when, you know, when someone says to me or if someone says something mean to me, you know, I kind of look at that person and say, okay, let me take a step back. There's something else probably going on in my life. This is not just about me. I'm not going to personalize it. So I think that's a great idea what you're saying, Dave, in terms of like-minded people and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the book we talk about having the average of 10 people that you, you really do become the average of the 10 people that you spend the most time with. Because you start to think mm-hmm. like them, act like them, talk like them. You get the same self-limiting beliefs as them. Uh, you think the same positive beliefs as them, the same negative beliefs as them. So it's very important to choose the people you spend the most time with wisely. And sadly, most of us get forced into a family that isn't always necessarily a positive experience as kids. You know, you don't <laughs> right. get to choose who your mom and dad or your uncle or your aunt is. And, you know, if Absolutely. your dad is somebody who's negative and depressed, you know, it's a shame that that person is your average of 10 while you're growing up, right? But as adults, mm-hmm. you get to choose who you want to be around. So you should choose great people, and you should realize that you look through the world through glasses, and those glasses are dirty because of all the stuff that's happened to you in your life. And if you remove Absolutely. that dirt, you actually look at life a lot clearer. You'll stop seeing the perception 
of reality, and you'll start to see more of reality. When you look around, when you see that, when you look that way, you start to see opportunities everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. there's a million reasons yeah. on why I shouldn't open yeah. another restaurant right now, right, with the economy, with everything going right. on, with just what a mess everything is, right? But there's right. always opportunities. So right. what we've done is we've secured lower rents. We've taken over existing operations. So before when it would cost me $3 million to build a restaurant and I'd be paying $25,000 a month in rent, now I'm spending $800,000 and I'm paying $15,000 a month in rent. So, right. yeah, the economy's soft. But five years from now, everything I have is under value in rent, right? And mm-hmm. I don't have any yep. debt. I won't have any debt. So there's always opportunities. You just got to take the glasses off and start looking at what's really out there, not what you think is out there. You know, and we all yep. become programmed. Exactly. You know, we, we all become programmed with these negative thoughts and these negative feedback patterns, and we just keep feeding them instead of starting to look at all the possibilities. And that, that goes back to that positive attitude. If you just always promise to find positive every day, you'll start to reframe yourself. You really will. And people think that that's hokey, but it, mm-hmm. it really isn't. It really isn't. No, I the agree positive with you, people, They, they find the next opportunity. The positive people find the next opportunity, and you miss it. If you're so busy, if you're so busy being depressed and angry about the failure or somebody did you wrong, and the positive person next to you mm-hmm. is looking for the next opportunity, they're the ones that succeed. And that, you know, that's, that's the way we look at it. Yeah. No, I agree. I was, it was funny because I was actually thinking of you today in your book because on the way home I'm like, ah, there's still so many people I need to contact because there was other little opportunities that were popping up here and there. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what Dave says. I'm going to charge. And I did. I picked up the phone. I called this one person. I might have an opportunity to be a featured artist on a, on the track. And then I called this other person, and he might start being a co-host on my radio show. So I was like, you know, I was thinking a lot about just what you did. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to wait around. I'm just going to do it right now. <laughs> so Yeah, and you yeah. have to. And, and- Sometimes we make these great lists and we never follow through on them. If you just do it, you're amazed at how much time you spent thinking or dreading the possible response. I know. And it's so much easier to make the call and hear no and move on to the next yeah. solution than it is to wait a month to make the call. And, and you know, I, I, I consider myself an entrepreneur, a marketer, and a, a money raiser. In this economy, okay. I have to end up raising okay. money because you don't get banks, Right. So when I find a restaurant, right. I put my money in. I find other people that think it's valuable, a good investment, and see if they want to put their money in. And I spend a ton of time selling a dream, saying this is what mm-hmm. we're going to do, this is what we're going to, you know. And, and I hear a lot of rejections. And it's not personal. Somebody could have just lost money on this or somebody could be going through a divorce, whatever. But I, to get people to believe in what I'm doing, I might have to call 40 people, and for 10 of those people, it's the right time, it's the right opportunity, and they do it. Right. But if I don't right. call those 40, right. if I only call 10 and I hear eight rejections, then I don't understand what it's really about. You have to call 40 sometimes to get the 10 yeses. Sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that, too. And like you said, it's much easier than – and I in the past, all of it, I used to you know, just constantly ruminate about stuff and kind of – you know, harp on things, and when I started saying, you know what, you're wasting so much energy and time, you know, that you could be using exactly. productively to just make the, you know, try to make the opportunity happen, and if it doesn't happen, don't take it personally, move on and figure out what went wrong, like you said, failing forward, and, you know, move forward and, and take the next route, you know, so I agree. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what else? What else do you want to talk about with um, promoting your various companies, your restaurants? That's, I mean, we did that's touch- all it. I mean, it, it- 
people listening, if they'd like to pick up Do It Rhino Style, they can get it on Amazon. They can go to the website, mm-hmm. uh, rhinoliving.com, and, you know, the book's nine ninety nine. We price it that way so people can get it. And it's, it's sort of becoming this cult book where I was on a plane a couple months ago, and the person next to me was reading my book. It was hysterical. And nice. it was handed to them by a friend that went to, like, the University of Delaware, and that friend moved and said, oh, when they were moving, you should really read this book. It's a great book. And it's like, how did this person end up with it on a plane? I, I've gone into board meetings and, at big companies, and we're trying to sell them on a seminar or something that we're doing. Right. And the guy goes, hey, you're the rhino man, you know, and it's – so it's a great cult <laughs> book, and it, it's growing, That's cool. and it really That's is cool. a book designed for people that don't have much time, and they want to keep their batteries mm-hmm. charged, and they want to keep focused on going. And it's the type of book where if you're having a bad Monday, and you say, you know what, I'm going to read Chapter 3 and get re-energized, or I'm going to read Chapter 2, and I'm going to get refocused on this. It's that I type agree. of book that you can sit down, spend 15 minutes, and after you read it, you're like, everything that I'm worried about is not a big a deal, and I'm going to make this happen. And, and right. that's why I designed right. the book. And the next one we're working on is, is an, uh, another book to get people out there charging, get them really focused on, on stop complaining and stop whining and start focusing on, you know, really moving <laughs> forward in your life. Cause, you know, it's really a shame. I, I, I've seen people that over the past 10 years, so many dramatic things, wonderful things have happened in my life, and I've been able to do great stuff. And mm-hmm. friends of mine over the past 10 years haven't done anything except maybe make another 2 or $3 an hour at their job. Uh, maybe they got a trip to Disney or Florida and maybe down to the beach for a month in the summer. But other than that, right. 10 years right. has gone by, and they haven't gotten to live one dream, you know, not one well, dream think, in their life. I mean, that's, so. an interesting, that's an interesting concept that you bring up because what about the people that are kind of, and I hate to say this because I do see them out there, and I just, again, I can't fathom being like that because, Mentally, I just don't think like that, and I don't function like that. But what about those people that are just, they are just happy being the teacher that, you know, goes to I, school and, would, that's you know great. what I mean? If, if, if it's your passion and it provide, and you're right. content, that is great. But don't waste your if life you sitting on the couch dream. watching. Right. Yeah, don't waste your life watch, on the couch watching some other reality TV show about somebody's life instead of creating your own. So, you know what, if teaching is your passion, mm-hmm. then be the best teacher you can be you know, and impact people's lives. If if being a car dealer is your passion, well, you know what, mm-hmm. be the best, be the most unique, be the most genuine, be the most giving, loving, serving guy. Get out there and make a life out of it. Don't just sit there and let life go by you, you know, and, and watch Dancing with the Stars and this reality TV show and somebody's wedding right. on TV and all this stuff that people do. <laughs> it amazes me, you know, that people know. will sit there and sit on a couch, and, uh, you know, I call a TV the electronic income-reducing box, right? It's just the more TV the wa- you watch, the less money you earn in your life because it just okay. sucks you in and you're not really doing anything. So, you know, it's about taking your life and deciding what you want, and most people are living a life of stability rather than a life of passion, that they've right. taken this job because right. it gives them benefits. They're taking this job because of the 401K. They're taking the job because of the pension. They're taking the job because they should. You know, if, if I did mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do, I'd still be a chiropractor, you know, right. and I would just have the same safe path. And guess what? I wouldn't have traveled the world. I wouldn't have gotten – because as a chiropractor, I couldn't take more than three or four days off because when I did, my mm-hmm. patient volume dropped because everybody wanted to see me. <laughs> and, and then I felt bad right. that I was leaving my patients right. and they weren't getting care. So, you know, you, you just follow your passion. And the other thing about being a rhino is you don't have to justify that passion. You know, like if what That's you want to do, like yeah, mm-hmm. do is help the poor, 
that's noble and that's wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you also can't come down on the guy that decides that he wants to make fifty million dollars. That's passionate and noble to him. You know? right. So the right. thing about being a rhino is you don't have to justify your goals, desires, and dreams, but you have to live them. Because mm-hmm. then if you're not, then you're not doing anybody a service. Right? You're not doing the world a service by not living out what your true passion is. So, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what that passion is. It's just about living it. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great way to... Yeah, to state everything that you've talked about from start to finish. And, I mean, personally, Dave, I hope that I get an opportunity to meet you someday. And I would say I could uh, – I love would, I would love to hopefully maybe even get an opportunity to work for you because I feel that I – with my doctorate degree and everything I've done, that I'm definitely a rhino and I have a lot to work for. <laughs> well, we'll have, to, we'll have to get together one day. I'm sure Meredith can set that up for us. And uh, yeah, we'll get together. I'd love and to. Uh, and uh, it would be great to spend some time together and uh, – get to learn more together. Definitely. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, Dave, thank you so much. Definitely plug your uh, your website again and where people can purchase your book. And uh, I would love to also bring you back on the show. So let me know, you know, when you launch Harvest and some of the other uh, concepts that you have in the works, and we will bring you back on in, I don't know, six months and give people an update of where you're at and what you're doing. You got it, Carrie. Thank you very much. And for anybody who's interested, okay. you can go to rhinoliving.com. And you can sign up for the free weekly emails there. We put out an email every Tuesday. And the book is called Do It Rhino Style. And uh, the restaurants are Kildare's Irish Pubs, Doc McGrogan's Oyster House, and Harvest Seasonal Grills. So right now mostly East Coast things. But if you're on the East Coast, come out to them and uh, check them out. Thank you very much, awesome. Carrie, for having me on the show. And now Thank I'm going to go so to a, 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 into a steakhouse and eat a vegetarian meal. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the luck with everything that you're doing, Dave. And I look forward to having Thanks. an opportunity to meet you one day. Okay, thanks, take Carrie. care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Carrie Edelman Show tonight. Again, that was Dave McGrogan, the entrepreneur. Check out his website at davemcrogangroup.com. And we will definitely have him on for an update. If you didn't listen to the show or you tuned in a little late, the podcast will be available shortly. Just want to give people an update coming up this Wednesday, actually a week from this Wednesday. Let me just uh, look at the date here, which will be the 31st. We are going to be having Rachel Butera, who is a voiceover talent, on the show. She has been on the Howard Stern Show. She's won several of the contests for um, imitating the voices of some of the quote-unquote whack packers on the show. So please tune in. She's in the process of actually moving to California, and her career is taking off. So it's going to be awesome to have Rachel Butera on the show. Just want to give some plugs again uh, to some of the people that have been so supportive of the show. First, I want to plug Mark Mercer, who runs MarksFriggin.com. Again, for all of you Howard Stern fans out there, check it out, MarksFriggin.com. It has all the Howard Stern show highlights and updates. He blogs about it all day. That's when the show's live because we know Howard went to sometimes a three-day work week um, and four-day work week at times. So check him out. We also want to plug Joseph Muski from Stern Superfans and wish him well because Joe was recently having some surgery done. And you can check it out at SternSuperfans.com. Again, it's a place for all things Howard and for all the fans to congregate and join together. His website's doing amazing. It has tens of thousands of uh, people on it now. I want to plug Flirt Sport, Flirt Sport Energy Drink. Uh, check them out at FlirtSport.com. My song, Vanilla Skies, is presently being used to endorse their product, 
and uh, it is a female fitness energy drink, and they're in the process of also launching a variety of other fitness drinks. And let's see, who else? I want to plug uh, David Spangenberg, also known as Professor Pooch. This is the person you want to reach out to for all of you people in the music industry or anyone involved in entertainment that needs any type of a business contract. He's a contract specialist. He's also an author. He's taught at some major colleges. He's been involved in the industry of music and entertainment for over 40 years. And you can check him out at ProfessorPooch.com. Thank you so much, everyone, again, for tuning in. We will be back next Wednesday, as I mentioned, the 31st. You can also check me out, Carrie Edelman. You can search me on Facebook. There's also the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, which will give rundowns and highlights of upcoming shows, as well as how you can contact me if you would like to be a featured guest. I'm going to lead off tonight with my song, Leave It All Behind, which is the title track off my debut album. And anyone interested in purchasing it can go to iTunes or any other major digital sites such as Napster, Amazon.com, etc. Thanks so much for the support and for tuning in. And we will be back next Wednesday, August 31st with Rachel Butera. Thank you.